At MasterCard, we believe that women-owned small businesses are uniquely inspiring. They're pillars of the community and have a measurable impact on the people within them. It's their secret sauce. We are deeply committed to helping address the daily challenges of all Canadian small businesses by putting our technology, cybersecurity solutions, digital resources, and partnerships to work for you every day. Discover them today at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. MasterCard, start something priceless. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear new stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Muni Boga, founder, president, and CEO at Kudos, an employee recognition company in Calgary. With over 20 years of experience as a founder, leader, and innovator, Muni is passionate about pushing the boundaries of technology to advance the human experience. Kudos allows teams to provide peer-to-peer -peer recognition to acknowledge each other's contributions, accomplishments, and behaviors that align with their organization's culture and values. In 2022, Kudos was named one of Canada's best places to work by Human Resources Director, HRD, Canada Magazine. Prior to Kudos, Mooney led the creation of award-winning technology and design solutions for clients throughout Canada, the US, the UK, Japan, Taiwan, Singapore, and Mexico. Mooney's been listed as lead inventor on numerous international patents, including the digital vinyl CD that was acquired by Verbatim. A background in architecture ignited Mooney's professional career in which he specialized in product and user experience, brand, and strategy. His dedication to creating innovations and models that embrace diversity, foster unity and culture, and enhance human performance has made Kudos a disruptive force in the employee engagement industry. Mooney, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. Great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, the tradition around here at the Startup Canada podcast is we start off by asking you if there's uh, one specific piece of advice that you hope uh, listeners will take away from this conversation. Absolutely. Um... You know, often enough when I speak to entrepreneurs starting up um, or individuals from, from a startup in their early days, uh, what I hear from them is that they, they don't really focus on their culture uh, because they're really focused on whatever it takes to get to success. And that often means just getting it done at all costs. They say that uh, culture will come later <laughs> in terms of the development of the organization. And I say that your foundation should be your culture. 
creating a sense of trust, transparency, resilience, and innovation uh, in terms of your mindset is key to enabling uh, your overall success. So my suggestion is, you know, build <laughs> culture into your business uh, at the beginning and from the ground up. That's really interesting. I suspect that if you don't consciously build the culture, culture is going to sneak in anyway, and it might not be the one you want. Yeah, no, absolutely. We we often talk about, uh, do you want to create your culture by default or do you want to create it by design? And I think often enough when you create it by default, um, you end up with something that you might not expect or that you necessarily didn't want uh, versus if you're designing it with a sense of purpose, uh, a sense of direction, uh, with your strategy in mind and how you want to treat people, then I think you lead to you know a really resilient and positive outcome. So in the introduction, um, you have this interesting background in architecture and product development, and now you're in culture and recognition. Can you explain this uh, journey? And do you think that it's going from strength to strength to greater strength? Yeah, interesting question. You know, I, it gets a little bit more complicated than that, Rick. Uh, I started off in uh, pre-med in university, uh, transitioned off into urban design. Uh, so really designing and developing cities and the experience that people have within um, urban environments. And from there, then I got into architecture and uh, soon after that transitioned into marketing and design uh, strategy. And over the years, uh, you know, that company that I created, we really started focusing on uh, technologies and the building of those technologies and taking those technologies to market. And those technologies were really both software, hardware. Uh, it was across the board. We did a lot of incubation inside of that uh, agency uh, that we created. And I think what's interesting is that you get a sense of understanding around how technology is very cyclical in terms of, you know, one minute it's here, one minute it's not. Um, there's evolutions in terms of those technologies. Um, and at the end of the day, it's how you experience those technologies that really makes an overall difference for you um, in terms of its success. So, you know, I think one thing that I've, I've brought throughout my career to the table is that it's, it's that sense of timing of product. It's that sense of understanding how are you taking something to market at, at a time that it is valued by more people? I think, you know, when we started Kudos and we talked about recognition, uh, many organizations would say, well, we'll just pay people more. And I think the conversation is very different today with things like the great resignation and, you know, the pandemic that we've experienced. And, um, and now it's really about how do we build a, a great culture? How do we ensure that we're, you know, taking care of our people and timing is everything. So I, you know, I think uh, a bit of that history has, has, you know, taught me a few things. Uh, you don't always get the timing right, but, uh, but when you do, it's, it's, uh, it's excellent. And what about the timing led you into the employee recognition space? Why was that the, the place that drew your attention? You know, uh, so just before um, starting Kudos, I took a, a two-year sabbatical 
where I traveled around the world. I was in uh, Argentina, I was in Brazil, I was in Africa, I was in Europe. Um, and during that trip, I met a ton of people and worked with a num number of individuals in, in these uh, global regions. And all the while was communicating back to Calgary. And this was in a time and place where, you know, things like uh, Microsoft Teams and Slack didn't exist. Uh, I was relying on the early days of Slack, or not Slack, sorry, <laughs> early days of Skype, um, which, were, which were very painful. Um, and it was at that point in time that I was passing back through Calgary and you know, I, I bumped into uh, my co-founder and we started talking about uh, recognition and the importance of recognition and what it means to organizations. And what I realized is that there was an opportunity because, you know, things like LinkedIn existed whereby you had your CV, um, you know, things like Facebook existed whereby you had people uh, coming together in terms of uh, community. And from my perspective, there was this whole notion of creation of community inside of organizations, creation of global communities, and how do you bring people together? How do you unify people across the world or across organizations? And it was a bit of a pinnacle moment for me for, for everything coming together. And, um, and that just really led to, to the creation of Kudos. So is Kudos a technology company or does it use technology as a platform in order to be a human resources motivational company? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I would actually say it's both. Um, you know, we, we definitely have a platform. We are a technology company. Uh, we uh, focus on, on innovation. Um, but at the end of the day, we are trying to motivate individuals um, inside of these organizations. And motivation comes with um, effort, right, that is, that is needed by these organizations to achieve their overall outcome or their success. You can leverage the platform 100%. And, you know, the platform will give you the best enablement possible but you still need to to drive that ship. You need to drive your culture, and um, for that reason, I would say I say it's both. Um, tell us how the platform works. What does it enable people to do that probably wasn't as easy to do before? When I when I think about uh, recognition historically, it was often a reward. Uh, it was a pat on the back. It was you know a quick message maybe. And these methods of recognition can often have a short-term impact inside of the organization. Um, they can disappear into the ether. <laughs> There's no memory of them. And I think, you know, when you start thinking about recognition technology, recognition technology gives you the medium to really send out those messages in a, a construct that makes a difference for the organization. So like as an example, at Kudos, we have a very specific philosophy and it, it follows this concept of peer-to-peer -peer appreciation for the everyday moments, peer-to-peer -peer performance recognition for a 360 type calibrated view on the performant moments in your organization and awards, not rewards, 
awards um, or milestones for, for levels of achievement and certification. And so delivering, you know, the right combination of recognition to your people is key to both enabling uh, sustainably strong culture and determining where the centers of performance and optimized behaviors can be found. And, you know, beyond that, of course, we, we do have a culture hub, like, you know, the, the Kudos product is a social application. And that really helps in circumstances where you've got distributed teams who no longer have a physical space. Um, and in that culture hub, you can celebrate milestones like birthdays, events, um, anniversaries, you can promote uh, cultural campaigns, uh, you can welcome new team members. It's a really positive or a good news type platform, I would say. And, and lastly, you know, there's this whole side of analytics because, you know, when you look at the recognition historically, there was never this record, there was never this insight that came along with it. And the way in which we bring that to the table is that we've got these levels of performance, but we also align that with the values and the behaviors inside of the organization. And what that, what that does is it provides a really interesting data set and insight that leaders can dig into uh, in terms of what are their trending values, who are their high performers, um, how do they better understand uh, their culture. Um, so it becomes a very powerful tool to the organization uh, versus historically recognition was just. Thank you. Here's a thank you. Cake, muffins. I don't know. <laughs> so give me an example of how someone might use this, like whether it's how an employer would ask their employees to do it, or maybe how an employee would use it to say, you know, recognize something great that a colleague did. Yeah. From, from an organizational perspective or an employer perspective, I think, you know, there's the whole concept about what are you trying to achieve inside of your organization? What is the culture that you want to create? And when you start thinking about creating that culture or designing that culture, you really go through this process of creating awareness and creating education around best practices and what it means to, to recognize people, ensuring that your managers are, are leading the charge in terms of your culture and, you know, becoming the organization that you want it to be. So that's, that's from an organizational perspective. I think there's a bit of programming. There's making sure that there's, there's manager participation at, at the highest level. And then in terms of an individual, it's, it's really about um, availability, right? Making sure that that recognition is available to them. You know, of course we have our main platform, but there's a lot of integrations that exist, integrations into Teams, into Slack, into Outlook. And through those integrations, you really make recognition accessible and visible. And creating an accessible and visible environment really is a, is a conduit to inclusion inside of the workplace. And that, that is something that you know, users are drawn to, they're connected to. And when you have that type of a mechanism available to them, they can then you know, very easily give out the recognition, align it to the behaviors, align it to the performance levels so that you know, your people are effectively giving you 360 positive performance reviews about your other people, right? It's, it's not just recognition, it's recognition coming from everyone. So pockets that were previously perhaps invisible or invisible, should I say, um, are now visible. And, um, and, and those are the two, two ways in which we, um, the platform works, um, 
inside the organization. Does the platform capture disenchantment, problems, issues, conflicts? I think I think feedback is a really important component inside of organizations. It's it's essential in in terms of its growth. Um, but I think you know there's often enough a lot of feedback that's given inside organizations and not enough recognition. And when you have an environment where that recognition isn't given, um, it leads to problems. It leads to silos. It leads down leads to breakdowns in communication. Uh, it leads to, you know, less innovative behavior at times. So, you know, that's the reason why we put a core focus on recognition. It doesn't mean it's not part of performance. It doesn't mean that it's not part of the feedback loop mechanism. It just means that, you know, often within an organization, when people are thinking about positive things, they, they, they want to focus on the positive. They don't want to align that with perhaps where you're getting feedback. It's a very interesting psychological dynamic between giving positive uh, feedback and, um, and and constructive feedback. And is there um, a, a clear link between employee recognition, positive culture, and organizational effectiveness? Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a ton of articles uh, that talk to it, um, but I can speak in terms of, of what we know in terms of our platform. And our clients have, have seen a direct correlation to uh, productivity and performance and recognition. And, um, you know, this, this is something that, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily see or notice from running a recognition program for a year. Um, this is something that you, you, you know, invest in. It's, it's one of those things that takes time. And, you know, after a few years and you start looking at the insights and the analytics, you actually discover um, how the ebbs and flows of performance inside your organization really correlate directly to the recognition that's being given. Um, so from, from our perspective, it's, it's really, you know, the, it, the, the proof is in the data. Tell us something that gives us an idea of the growth and success of Kudos. Uh, number of employees, number of clients, international clout. What stats can you share? Uh, about Kudos? Yeah, we're, we're in about uh, 80 different countries um, in terms of our usage. Um, Sorry, 80, 80 different, different countries. countries. Yeah, yeah. Wow. we're in about 11 different languages. Um, so we go into organizations where um, perhaps, you know, they've got people in various different countries or different regions. Um, and, you know, I think what's interesting is that, you know, we've, we've grown over time and we've worked with a lot of SMB organizations over the years. And what we've noticed is that we've definitely, you know, transitioned more into, to mid market and, and enterprise. Um, so, you know, we're, we're working with organizations that are, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 employees. Um, and, uh, you know, that it, it's a different, it's a different type of environment when you're dealing with large enterprise, um, or, or I would, I would actually call those small enterprise, but you're nonetheless, they're enterprise. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, a, a pretty good answer. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, there is competition in this space. What makes Kudos different from your rivals out there? Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, I think it, it boils down to how recognition was 
you know, perceived and created in the early days. Um, and I think I mentioned that, you know, it was really focused on rewards. Uh, it was focused on, you know, simple messages. And for us, you know, that really represents a, a short term impact. Um, when you're, when you're giving someone a reward or you're just giving them a, a, a brief message, it doesn't last with that individual. And when you're trying to motivate individuals inside the workplace, you're really trying to create long lasting, sustainable engagement. You're trying to, you're trying to ensure that there's a sense of commitment. Um, you're trying to ensure that there's a sense of understanding and, and trust. And that only happens when you make the recognition meaningful and you use different types of recognition strategies. And for us, we've created what is called KPR or the Kudos Performance Recognition System, uh, which is based on you know, appreciation. It's based on uh, calibrated performance recognition, which is used by you know, all of our clients around the world. And we also have this um, tool that's used for achievements. And so by using these three different mechanisms of recognition inside the workplace and aligning it not just to performance, but also aligning it to the core values and the behaviors inside the organization, you're able to create long lasting and sustainable change inside of the organization. Um, it's not just a short term, um, you know, spiff, if you will, or, 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 or recognition message. Um, and in addition to that, of course, you know, with all of that depth in terms of the recognition types, you get depth of analytics. And it's those analytics that you can use both at an organizational level, at a manager level, or even at a user level uh, to continually uh, understand your culture and, and propagate your recognition program forward. Can you give me an example of an insight that a company might get from, the, from, from these Yeah, analytics? absolutely. Um, I think from a company perspective, you know, uh, especially when you're dealing with uh, larger organizations, you can see areas of the business that perhaps um, might be a little bit more performant or identifying moments of performance inside of the organization. And when you couple that with the behaviors that that particular area of the business is trending on, you get a real sense of understanding of what is driving that performant behavior. What is, what did, you know, what is motivating those individuals and um, why do they do what they do? And you can take that learning and you can apply it to different parts of your business. And as long as you're communicating and collaborating on these kinds of initiatives and understanding what they mean, um, you can make real cultural change happen across the organization and break down the silos. So you've, you've actually got quite a growth story there. What, what would you say has been your, the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome in order to grow kudos to the size it is? <laughs> I, I think time. You know, um, I think I, I talked earlier to the fact that, you know, building something at the right time is crucial. And I think, you know, in our early days, we, we probably built Kudos a little bit ahead of the market. Um, ironically, what that did is it allowed us to learn a lot about organizations, um, about what their, 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 you know, their needs are, um, where they need help. And that prepared us for 
what then became, you know, the pandemic where organizations shifted and the mindsets shifted and the great resignation happened. And so there's this really large um, desire and requirement inside of organizations to have a platform like ours. And so um, I think timing was really tough at the beginning, but, you know, it's, it's been a, a bit of a blessing in terms of uh, it's allowed us to refine the platform. You make it sound easy. There must be moments when you thought, this is never going to work. Why can't companies see what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody always says that, right? They always say that, um, you know, everybody talks about the success of a startup and uh, nobody talks about the path to get there. And I can tell you, it is hard. <laughs> uh, there are ups and downs. Um, you know, you're, you're, always um fighting right you're always trying to prove out your your ideas and your concepts and um you know you're trying to take it to market you're listening to clients you're listening to your people uh, and you're balancing all of that and so uh, when you're moving quickly it it absolutely does become challenging but uh you know it when you look back it's it's um it's very rewarding being in 80 different countries, and I presume that's, oh, tell, well, tell me if I'm wrong, but I presume that's mostly because some of your clients are in 80 different countries, although you may have individual countries, clients in those countries as well. But does, 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 does location have any impact on the solution that you provide? Um, do the same principles work in Singapore or Greece or Chile as they do in Canada? That's an excellent question. We, you know, when we built Kudos at the onset, um, and, and I think I talked about the fact that I traveled around the world and, you know, I had this global experience. I think, you know, when I thought about recognition and thought about it as a unifying force for organizations, um, global, global communities or globalization was at the forefront of, of that plan. And we spent a lot of time working with, um, you know, behavioral psychologists and professionals in various different areas of the world to understand what are the commonalities around, around recognition and what are the differences and how do we build an application that is conducive to both. And I think it's, it's that methodology that we went forward with which is, you know, that whole notion of appreciation and, and performance recognition and um, awards. And we even have optional rewards in the application because that is um, part of individual culture as well. Um, it's the culmination of all these different elements that really creates a flavor that is applicable to all organizations um, across any, any region, really. And at the end of the day, um, you're also able to customize your value sets and your behavior sets and your qualities inside of the application. So truly making it a unique experience for, for you as an organization and where you reside. Um, so I think that's, that's really ingrained at the, at the onset of uh, the creation of the application. So it sounds like it's a balance between, hey, people are essentially the same everywhere, plus we allow you to customize it for your marketplace? Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's things where in certain countries, um, recognition might be a little bit more top down. 
in other com- countries, it might be a little bit more bottom up and, and, you know, in other countries it might be uh, more peer to peer and equally distributed. And everybody, I think globally is m- moving towards a, a, a democratic peer to peer type philosophy. They're moving at different speeds in terms of how they're getting there, but they all believe in it. And I think our solution provides a really flexible environment for them to, to take that journey. And so you do have, you know, nuances between, between the countries, but, um, you know, you can definitely see the, the movement or the momentum going towards this democratic peer-to-peer type model. Now, somehow along the way, you've learned something about motivating employees and creating culture because Kudas itself has been named one of Canada's best companies to work. So tell us in, you know, a layman entrepreneur's terms, what's the secret of motivating your team? I would say, well, first of all, there's, there's two kinds of motivation. Um, you know, there's extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. Uh, extrinsic motivation is, is external, right? Uh, it's driven externally. Um, or the motivations are external and it's where employees are motivated by, you know, obligations, monetary rewards, deadlines. It's really a surface level, you know, one dimensional type motivation, um, that does, doesn't necessarily connect with the deeper needs and expectations of the employees. Um, however, it does have a purpose. Um, on the other hand, intrinsic motivation is where employees are, are motivated by an inner drive. Um, to complete an activity where they feel connected to the mission and of the company uh, and their organization. And I think, you know, we at Kudos really, you know, while we do both, um, we really focus a lot more on that intrinsic factor in terms of, in terms of motivating um, our people. And, you know, I think if you, if you think about organizations that have been trained in actively supporting and encouraging their teams, um, they find that employees become more trusting of their teams, aligned with their company values, um, and more satisfied with their job. And so making recognition a regular habit amongst uh, these teams is an excellent way to fuel intrinsic motivation, you know, bringing people to closer together uh, and engaging them extrinsically, uh, you know, um, as well. You use your own platform in your own, in, in the company? Absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Right. Um, are there other things that you do that, that people could learn from? They might not be ready to, to, to buy the platform yet, but what are some of the other things specifically that you do in your company or that you would recommend that they do? Um, I think regular communication. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't have too much communication uh, in terms of, you know, say it once, say it twice, say it three times, um, because often enough, um, it's it's not always understood in terms of uh, what people are interpreting when it comes to culture. So I would say communicate absolutely regularly. Um, keep things transparent, as transparent as possible. Um, it's a big factor here at kudos i think we try and um really share as much as we can and it it's that sense of transparency that creates that sense of trust um and that ability for people to come together because when you when you're building a company you have to have that trust you have to have that connection you have to have the ability for 
um, everyone to rely on everyone. And, and I think that transcends into the later years, right? It's not just in the early years. Um, but I think, you know, setting the, the stage for that is, is absolutely important. And, you know, once you're, once you're in it and you've, you've, you know, you're creating that plan or you're creating that culture, um, and you've got your plan, um, stay focused on that plan. Um, focus is probably one of the, the, the biggest jewels out there. Um, you know, without focus, uh, you lose on execution and, uh, you have to keep coming back to it. You have to keep on uh, reinforcing that. And so as long as you're, you know, creating the culture up front, you're staying focused on your plan and you're listening to your people, um, then I think, I think you'll see great success. Ah, uh, yeah. You threw that one in there. Listen, come on. You have to. <laughs> That's probably the hardest one there though. I mean, it's easy to listen when someone is saying something that you deem to be important, but I think it's hard to listen proactively, consistently forever. It, it's true. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's one of those things is that, what that the platform helps do. Well, we don't, we don't really do, um, we don't do a lot of surveys. We do a light, um, type pulse, um, to, for organizations. Um, so we do, I guess we do listen to some extent, um, but we're not a, a, a very deep survey platform. It's not part of our offering. Um, but we do that internally. That's something that, you know, is absolutely a core focus uh, of us at Kudos. And, and it's, and it's, it's not always easy, right? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different viewpoints, um, you know, and you have to, you have to filter through it to really understand, uh, your business and, and how people are feeling. Um, but then once you, once you listen, it's about what do you do next? How do you act? And, you know, um, when you're, when you're running the ship and you're, you know, moving in a direction and you're trying to, you know, push in that direction at the same time, you need to make sure that you're paying attention to, to all the people around you. Right. So it's, it's that balancing act that, that, uh, that can be challenging for, for many organizations. That's actually a neat way of describing it is because it is hard to do, but it's a balancing act. Balancing it's a balancing act. act yes. And absolutely. you have to rebalance yourself. Yeah, you do. You do. It's, it's like any kind of behavior or any kind of, um, you know, direction that you're trying to take yourself in your life. Uh, you always need to recalibrate. You always need to re relook at yourself, um, because things change and you don't, you're not always aware about those change of those changes, right? November is mental health awareness month. And, you know, we're hearing so much about, the revolt in the workplace about people burning out about the great resignation about people not identifying with uh, uh you know the the mission of their organizations or not satisfied with the working conditions do you think empowered teams are less likely to face burnout <laughs> um I, I would say, okay, so first, first an empowered team is really a self-sufficient and a goal-centric team. Um, you know, they collaborate, um, but they have the autonomy to make decisions. Um, you know, they're, 
there are expectations and there's accountability that comes with that autonomy, of course, and, and that can weigh very heavy on individuals, um, especially when you're in a, a startup or a fast paced environment. And so, you know, when, when people are doing their best and trying to achieve their best and pushing themselves, um, and if they feel unappreciated during those moments, it can not only affect their emotions, but it also affects um, how they think and how they act. Um, you know, it's it's not a it's not a surprise that you know lack of appreciation can influence not just mental health, but it can also lead to mental illness over time. Um, you know, if employees are are feeling unseen or they're feeling unappreciated. It, it can have devastating effects and especially when they're pushing so hard, right? You know, you talked about, um, mental health awareness. It's, you know, when they're pushing that hard, um, it's challenging if they don't feel appreciated, if they don't feel like, you know, what they're doing is actually making a difference. Um, and you know, that, that disconnection to, uh, the company, the disconnection to themselves internally, uh, can manifest. And so, you know, I think that deterioration of an employee's psychological health and ultimately their performance in the organization is is detrimental. And, you know, employee well-being is not just health benefits and, and time off. It's, you know, ensuring that we as leaders are providing a, both a promise and a commitment um, to our employees um, that we're taking their well-being seriously. That's really interesting that uh, the idea that appreciation and mental health are linked is not something that, that, that really occurred to me, but it makes all kinds of sense. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> when, when you think about a person, an individual, and and, and, and maybe just think about ourselves, right? Like just put, put yourself in that spot and you're giving it your all. You're just really, you know, you feel like you've done everything you can to the best of your ability and you're ready for a break. You're ready for acknowledgement. You're ready for, you know, the project to be over. Um, and it's the glory that you're going to get from the accomplishment of that of that project, right? It's, 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 it, it can be very exhilarating. If you don't get that, if you don't get that moment, then that, that just all of a sense sends you spiraling. It sends you questioning everything that you're doing. And so, you know, when people question and when people spiral, it's not a good thing, right? It, it, it doesn't present a good path forward. And so the more that we can, you know, support one another and ensure that we're, we're, we're realizing those moments, we're paying attention again, not just listening, but, you know, paying attention. Um, I think, you know, the more beneficial it'll be. Yeah. That's fantastic. Tell me a little bit about the market for, your industry, if we presume that your target market is sort of mid-sized organizations and up, how many of them are already using an employee recognition system and how many still need 
<laughs> that kick in the pants. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a blue ocean. It's, it's quite large. Um, I think, you know, historically, um, very large enterprise organizations have, have really invested in recognition um, and, and more so on, on the reward side of recognition versus like true recognition. Um, but regardless, um, you know, historically, it's been those extremely large enterprise organizations. When it comes to, you know, mid-market and even SMB, um, you know, it, the, the market is, is massive at the moment. And so, um, you know, which is why you see, I think you talked about competition earlier. I think it's why you see, um, you know, all these organizations, it's, it's quite saturated from that perspective. Um, and it's really about how do you differentiate yourself in this market and ensure that you're building a product that is going to make change happen inside of the organization. Um, so I, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a very large market, but it's, it's also something that, you know, is at that stage where it's, it's the real solutions that win. Right. So there's still a lot of work to do <laughs> in most organizations. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, completely. I think, you know, I think organizations have only scratched the surface of, of recognition. Um, even those that have been doing it for, for many, many, many years, I think recognition has, has legs. It, it's just, it's one of those things that's not fully understood by too many people. Everybody thinks it's this soft piece um, to organizations. And from my perspective, I think it's a key. It's a key to understanding people. You know, we, we know that, um, we know that empathy is, is, is seen as something that is gaining traction inside of organizations. You need it in order to see success. Um, it's our connections where people, um, you know, technology is accelerating very quickly right now. And what's differentiating us inside of those organizations? It's, it's ourselves, it's, it's our humanity. And the more that we connect to it, the more that we are going to be able to see the success and the uniqueness that comes from it. So, you know, from, from my perspective, um, you know, I, I, I think we're just, we're just at the beginning of, of recognition from my perspective, but it's really about how do we build a real recognition model, not just a, not just a tool that's going to, you know, plug a hole in terms of a checkbox exercise. This is really about understanding a philosophy. This is understanding how you're making true change happen inside of an organization. When I was starting out in work as an employee, um, we used to talk about psychopaths at work. Now we hear people talk about psychological safety at work. Can you tell me a bit about what that means and how leaders create psychological safety in the workplace? Uh, you know, a, a workplace or team is, is psychologically safe when they are able to speak candidly, uh, you know, productively disagree with one another and freely exchange ideas without the fear or threat of being humili humiliated um, or ostracized by their, by their team members. In, in psychologically safe work environments, you can voice your opinion, you know, share your perspectives and even fail without the worry of being judged or punished uh, for doing so. Um, so it's, and it's not about being, you know, nice, um, but rather, you know, 
uh, creating a straight state of, of trust and confidence where people on different sides um, of a conflict can be transparent with one another and uh, arrive at a, at a productive solution. Um, you know, and I think, you know, some ways that leaders can, can create psychological safety um, are, you know, things like encouraging risk-taking, you know, or the freedom to fail, as, as people often say, reinforcing team values, not just your goals. I mean, your goals are absolutely important. You need to focus on them. But what are your values? What are the behaviors that we want to exemplify and that are going to create that, that psychologically safe environment? Um, you know, as a leader, admitting to your own mistakes and saying sorry when you need to. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. I, I make sure that I do that if, if ever I'm in a situation. Um, and getting comfortable, you know, handing over the reins, um, you know, succession and, and always promoting uh, an environment that is conducive to, to the questions and curiosity uh, that arise. And based on your experience, are feedback and recognition more likely to be shared freely and consistently when employees feel psychologically safe? A hundred percent. Um, you know, when, when individuals feel safe, uh, they're more open to being themselves, more open to feeling like they belong and are not being judged. Uh, if you don't feel judged, you're more, uh, likely to go out on a limb and, and to express how you really feel like you truly feel. And, you know, ironically, recognition plays a big part in reinforcing the behavior, um, of creating that safe environment, um, if employees are publicly praised and recognized for taking risks and being curious, it will reinforce um, an inclusive and positive uh, work environment for everyone. Do you find that your platform, your solution works best in um, organizations that already have these values and this safety sort of locked in place? Or is there also a possibility that this solution helps companies evolve in these higher, better directions. Yeah, it's def it's definitely both, right? There's you know companies that have um, everything established, and they're looking for a tool to um, you know to take to take that to the next level. Um, but at the same time, you know organizations that um, that don't have it figured out that are trying to figure it out. I mean, a big part of what we do is is consult with them and help them evolve their organizations. Um, a big part of the platform is, you know, our culture campaign tool, which helps you um, educate and enable your culture. And so, you know, I think, you know, when when you look at organizations that are in in that tough time where they're trying to figure out their culture they often will run a survey and that survey will tell them that recognition is one of the top three things that are missing inside their organization. People don't feel recognized. And if you take that, if you listen to people and you actively do something about it, then they're going to, they're going to go, Oh, look, they listen to us. They're, they're actually doing something. Um, well, we can, we can trust this, this group. And so it's, it's like, figure out what are the top three things and, and knock them off, like start working on them. 
Um, and so from our perspective, I think, I think recognition and jumping in on it is, is a big part of it. Mooney Bogo, what's next with kudos? What, what problems are you working on? What, uh, what innovations are you uh, hoping to bring to the marketplace? What, what, what's, what's coming up that's going to shake things up? You know, I think, I think our, our value proposition and our methodology is fairly unique in terms of our offering and um, where we're, where we're going is really in terms of um, the insights and the analytics that we're delivering to organizations and the enablement plans um, for organizations. How do we help enable these organizations through their evolution? Those are two you know, main areas that we as a business are focused um, in going, going forward. So you know, that even comes into things like how do you get into um, you know, some predictive analytics around, around your culture? How do you get into uh, enabling the behaviors of your, of your manager uh, so that they are the best managers? I think that's all tied um, to what we do and, and an area of focus for us in the future. Okay, so, so the analytics are best um, analyzed by the experts and so that creates an additional ongoing uh, revenue source for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we try and deliver those insights through our platform. That's the intent. Um, so I think, you know, from our perspective, um, you know, the more insights we can deliver, the more valuable the platform becomes. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. Final question. It's a, a totally unexpected one. Do you have any final thoughts to share with entrepreneurs? I'd love it, particularly if it was about actually building a world-class platform. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, ideas are easy. Execution is hard. And the key to that is, you know, establish your, your vision up front, make a plan for that vision, stay focused on that plan. Um, along the way, listen to your clients, listen to your people, and and figure out how to, you know, balance. Um, balance is key. Balance is going to be your best friend. So whether it's balance uh, in the way in which you work, or balance in terms of your, you know, your work life balance. Um, all of it is really important. So making sure that you kind of follow through with these particular things. And the last but not least, of course, just just kill it. <laughs> uh, you got to execute. You got to get it done. So um, it, it is a lot of work, but that that's uh, that's what I would say. Balance, then kill it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> words to change your life. All right, Winnie, thank you so much for telling us about Kudos and uh, sharing so much psychology in the workplace, how to make people uh, feel safer, how to make them feel recognized, how to build that, uh, that rock-solid employee culture, and, hey, how to build a platform that's taking over the world. Absolutely. My pleasure, Rick. It's, uh, it's really been great chatting with you. Great. Thanks, Winnie. We'll talk again. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence. <laughs>